my priority with men and friendships are, especially men in relationships or wanting to be in relationships, is that this connection with other men will always serve your relationship. Hey, hey, welcome to the WTF Divorce Podcast. My name is Rob Roseman. On this show, we talk about everything divorce, whether you're thinking about divorce, going through it, or figuring out life after. Divorce, co-parenting, dating, we cover it all and break it into short clips so it's easy for you to find and learn from. If you want more help, head on over to WTFDivorce.com. Thanks for listening. On to today's show. Real quick, let's talk about the sponsor. Today's WTF Divorce episode is brought to you by Soberlink. If you're going through a divorce and custody case involving alcohol, Soberlink is the solution for you. More on Soberlink at the end of the show. Now on to today's episode. A lot of guys suffer from, even if you are married, once you hit your 40s, I think guys' friendships, I mean, I have all my friends from back in high school. It's a rare, nice thing, but they're on a WhatsApp group chat. Um, I think male friendships deteriorate as they get older. And I think that wound gets completely exposed after divorce when you probably had a lot of neighborhood dad friends that all of a sudden you're living somewhere else. Uh, talk about the importance of uh, guys' friendships and how you can recultivate that and get to that vulnerability, especially when you are kind of both starting over and trying to revisit that with old friends. Yeah, obviously there's there's a significant loss of importance of friendship that's going on right now for guys. Um, we're at this unique spot, I think, in time where the statistics are that parents are spending two, two times more time with their children than our parents did, which is cool in a way, right? It's, there's just more investment in your child and the time you spend with your child. Also, jobs are much more mobile and moving and people are moving so they're not as rooted in certain spots that they've been. And uh, there is this priority to build a healthy relationship in your marriage, which is awesome. But what that can do is leave very little time for friendship. And if it is that you are spending time with your friends, a lot of it is just on your apps and you're texting and you're sharing and you're not getting together. What I think my priority with men and friendships are, especially men in relationships or wanting to be in relationships, is that this connection with other men will always serve your relationship. Women don't want to have all of the emphasis put on them to be your friend, your social connection to other friends, that they are the coordinator all the time. You know, some do because, you know, they're take charge people, but they want you to get out there so you, they are not feeling the pressure of having to be everything for you. I think men are forgetting this at times, not all, obviously, but so as they think about this now, well, what's the practical part? Practical part is you either find the guy who is the center up of things or you become the guy who is the center up of things. And that's the hard part is you need a hub. You need a hub guy that is going to say, hey, we're going to get together. And then you need to say yes. And deprioritize certain things that you think are the most important things for 10% of the time. You can still do 90% with your family, but if you give 10%, which I don't know how what the numbers are on that in a year, let's just say it was a week or 
you know, two weeks that you devote to connecting with other men. Gosh, what an example for your kids and your family. And uh, I think kids need to see this too. They're seeing their parents not hanging out with other people. And that they're feeling the pressure also. They're probably not conscious of it or able to articulate it. But they're feeling the pressure of the parent needing to be so much for them. And uh, I don't know that they want it either. Yeah. I mean, it hits a couple things. It hits one as a divorced dad who I have three kids and it is all on me. So even establishing their friendships, I feel like is, I need to prioritize. It's something that I'm not used to have to doing texting moms because they need to go play with their friends. I cannot be everything for them. Yeah. And the other point that you brought up that just, it really still uh, messes with my head is I think after divorce, especially we want uh, our friends to come to us and say, hey, let's go have a beer, let's talk about it. And in reality, especially if they're married, they're not that available. They might not even have the, you know, it's like when somebody dies, you don't really know what to say. <laughs> so the, the real mind fuck of it all is like, after all this, when you're in this vulnerable state, you're feeling down, you just desperately want connection, it's now on you to say, hey, Drew, I really need to, you know, let's go have a beer together. And you're probably busy that night, so then I got to come back and do it again. And I got to be persistent with it. And I think at, personally, I can even say like, after I did that maybe three times, I'm like, yeah, screw it. Maybe even screw this person. They don't care about me. And that's where I think guys can get a lot of trouble is that the onus falls on you most of the time to be that initiator in a time that you don't really want to be. Yeah. So let's jump on that. I think one is there is, I, I I can't describe how hard it is for men to make new friendships. It's just like, I, I hear this all the time and I'm a single guy. I've been a single guy for a long time. I'm good at making friends. I'm a hub guy. I build the friendships. I introduce people. I know I'm that guy. I've realized that other men aren't going to do what I do. So I have to own that. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to at times feel rejection and times feel like I'm out there on an Island doing the work and they're not. And as long as I get the right amount of responsiveness, then I can keep going with that front. If I get way too much uh, passivity, then it's not going to work. But I think this is where we need to know what kind of person we are when we're building these new friendships in adulthood. Are you the person who coordinates and gets things going? Then be that person and know that there's going to be a lot of experience of rejection along the way because other people don't have the same energy you have or the even same desire or need. Uh, but if there's too much passivity, then you probably need to graduate that human. And so this idea of graduating people, you know, we feel this guilt. <laughs> like, I, you know, they've been a friend for so long, but they're not serving you anymore and they're not putting in the work. So you have to be a bit ruthless in that then the fear is how do I make new ones? And that, I don't know if I have great answers for that. I think um, it is like dating and people that are married or in relationships don't want to continue to date as they get older. And so if friendship mm -hmm. is like dating, like, I don't wanna, I just don't wanna deal with this right now, but it is. Yeah. And this comes to your point, it was like, you're gonna get rejected over and over again because so many, especially with men, so many don't prioritize friendship. So if you do, 
the amount of people you're gonna have to go through to find the ones who are interested is going to be like dating and you're gonna mm -hmm. get rejected. So ultimately we're coming back to this point, which is get used to getting rejected. And if you can't tolerate that, then that's your problem that mm -hmm. you can't tolerate, tolerate rejection because mm -hmm. in everything that's worth doing in this life, rejection is going to be a huge component of it. It's kind of beautiful. It really strips the ego. Like I'm oh, writing absolutely. this morning and 75% of it's dog shit. It really is. And I'm reading it over and rejecting myself as I'm reading it. This is garbage. But it's stripping away falsehoods, uh, insecurities, feelings of inability that need to be stripped away if I'm going to write a book. Like, it's a war. And I love the book, uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, because it's, yeah, yeah. it's like, dude, this is it. You're going to get rejected and have all these resistances. Why would that not be true for friendship, dating, marriage, you know? So yeah. that's what I, I love helping folks with is just getting used to that this thing, this rejection component in life is meant to strip you of the part of you that cares so that you can actually be freed up to do what you're supposed to do. So good. I mean, this is, I've never even heard people articulate it like this. I mean, it's one reason I actually encourage and probably to a fault was dating. A lot of guys date a lot after divorce. A lot of people shy away from it, but it is building that muscle that like oh. has atrophied probably in your marriage for 20 years. And, you know, like you said, these micro rejections, they do sting. And a lot of people will say, I don't want to deal with this pain. I'm never going to date. I'm never going to go make new friends. And like, that is the, like the fire that you're thrown into with divorce is like the, re the rejection and the ego piece that you probably have taken for granted for years yep. is now the muscle you're now being thrown into the gym and saying, this is what you got to work on. And you're going to like walk into a wall 20 times a day, but hopefully like that 20 times will, will get you to say, Oh, nobody actually really cares. Yeah. This embarrassment isn't what I think it is, but it's so true. I think that is what really, uh, hurts people, men and women, is just like having to face that rejection and that discomfort. And, you know, that's the beauty and the pain of divorce. There's no other way around it. You are going to be faced with it. Yeah, I, do, I did a, um, so I have a YouTube page too, and I did a whole video, two whole videos on dating. And the major thrust of the whole thing is stop looking for the person. Go get the reps because you're going to learn about yourself so much in the process. Even if you are in a place in which you don't want to meet somebody, go on dates for the sake of meeting new humans. Tell them, I'm not looking for something right now, but I still want to go on dates. Where are you at? Are you up for that? Sure, I'm up for that. I just got through a divorce. I want to go on this. I just want to meet people. Okay. Now you have the possibility of rejecting somebody and getting rejected regularly, not only in the fullness of it, we go out on a date or we don't go out on another date. But even within the conversation, you're probably getting rejected and rejecting them in certain ways. You're feeling these stings of non-connection. And getting better at that so that, like you said, the muscles don't atrophy of social connection, attention in conversation. And you will find yourself more and more. And as you find yourself, then you pick better. You select better, not just romantically, 
friends, family. I mean, we need to deselect a lot of our family. And so how do we get better at that? We get better at it because we, we learn that rejection is just part of this game. Gosh, this, this conversation is really a lot about rejection. <laughs> it, it is. I, I hadn't thought about it. And uh, yeah, in relationships, after, it, it is incredible how much exposure that you get to it that you just haven't before. And just that alone is going to shock your nervous system and probably send your mind like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I? And, you know, people that are in married, happy relationships, they have no, they cannot understand that either. So there's this disconnect where I'm, I'm in the fire every day. Yeah. They're not. So how could they get it? You know, it's just like, uh, there's, there's so much nuance to it that I'm even just talking about it. I'm, I'm discovering. Yeah. Uh, this, this Instagram thing is tricky because I try to be vulnerable and I'm, tr I want to be more vulnerable, but I know that I have so many different populations that follow me. I've got religious folks that follow me. I got religious married folks that follow me. I got religious divorced folks that follow me. I have non-religious people. And there's things I want to share, but I'm like, ooh, that's going to really sting that group. That's going to sting that group. And part of that's my insecurity of being defollowed. Um, and, I, and I own up to that, that I'm still trying to figure out how much I give a shit about followers. Uh, and what do I really want to share and not share? But this is one of those particular ones. Like, how do you explain to somebody who's been married for 25 years, who grew up in the church and was definitive about commitment and you don't even look at another human being and then to tell them like i'm just casually dating and i'm meeting a lot of people and i'm telling them that i'm not even really looking but i just want to hang out and see what happens and and that that can feel totally reckless to somebody else but we're talking about it as this, this beautiful thing in which we're getting to know ourselves more and we're possibly going to give them this person that we're dating the gift of being rejected or them give us the gift of rejecting us. Yeah. And it really is a gift at the end of the day. And that, that excites me. And also is just like, <laughs> I hate getting rejected. Tell people where they can find you. So my Instagram is way too long of a name, but I made the mistake on YouTube of putting that up there in all my videos. So now I can't take it down because that's how people find me, but it's Drew Newkirk psychotherapy. And then my YouTube is just Drew Newkirk. It comes as no surprise that not all divorces are created equal. While some divorces are collaborative and amicable, others are painful, accusatory, and may simply have you thinking, what the F? If you're co-parenting with an ex-spouse who abuses alcohol, this is a sobering reality. The folks at Soberlink want to help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test, so you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. The WTF Divorce Community is here to help shed light on the fact that whatever you're going through, you are not alone. If Soberlink is reaching you at the exact time that you need it, visit www.soberlink.com WTF to sign up and get $50 off your device. That's www 
www.soberlink.com slash WTF.